Welcome to the Virtual Power Teams podcast, the number one podcast for working remotely and building powerful virtual teams. My name is Peter Ivanov, international keynote speaker and author of the book Virtual Power Teams, translated in six languages. Tune in every Tuesday for the very latest in virtual leadership or visit my website, peter-ivanov.com. How to resolve team conflicts remotely? As a start, I must say that the remote teams and virtual teams, they are more prone to conflict. We tend to be less personal if we don't see our opponent in conflict terms. And if you look at the Facebook comments, sometimes you may be, you know, (laughs) terrified. We tend to be much more aggressive uh, and even harsh when writing and not seeing the facial expression, not having the immediate feedback. And therefore, Virtual or remote teams, uh, from my perspective, are more prone to conflict. I'll give you three big tips and a couple of sub-tips how to resolve conflicts in remote teams. Now, the first one is around preempting the conflict from happening. And here, what you can do, and from my perspective, you should do, is set the goal of a team as a team, not cascade it, you as a manager, but work it out as a team. I tend to say that the virtual team or remote team is like the atom, where you have a nucleus and various particles flying around. And in a virtual team, we aim to retain the gravity despite the distance. The gravity between the individual team members who are the particles in this model towards the nucleus. But nucleus is not the manager or the project manager. This is the team purpose and goal. And therefore, it is key to set the purpose and goal as a team, bottom up. And hence, you will preempt and, and avoid some of the conflicts coming, coming later. The second one around preempting, these are behavioral tips in order to, to preempt the conflict. You as a leader, and you have to encourage, lead by example, you have to be ready to step in the conflict, not email and copy people. That will be like hiding and escalating the, the conflict. But call the person, switch on your video if it's a video call, get interactive, face the person, the chances to resolve it are much higher. Again, lead by example, your people will follow. If you raise conflict by email and allow people to comment, it will escalate. So call, have a facial uh, conversation, video call if possible, be respectful, listen to what people have to say, ask people, ask questions before you say what you mean. And here, the next uh, tip is around leaders speak last. It's also related to a a book from Simon Sinek. In conflict and in the decision-making, be the last one to give your opinion. Because as a manager, as a leader, you have a strong opinion. The more virtual, the more remote team, the more the distance between leader and team members is, uh, is there. The key success factor is empowerment. But refrain from stating your position. You know, ask open questions, get people to speak up, and then, as a leader, speak last. And then a classic from a classic conflict resolution is distinguish between positions, interests, and then needs, which is a deeper need. Sometimes people have a conflicting interests and they dig out in their positions, but it requires some skill. With open question, drill down what is the underlying need, the chances of resolving the conflict is much better. So practice this as a leader and encourage and coach your people to practice this. Finding the underlying needs helps. First big tip was around preempting. Uh, the second one is about communication, structure communication and the regular updates. And this is also a bit in the preempting space. If you have a regular updates with your meeting and don't go through much detail, this could be a pre-read, but you share some personal highlights, personal updates. Again, you can limit it just to two minutes per person, makes a huge difference. You continue bonding your team members. 
And if they feel bond, if they feel bond on a heart-to-heart, human-to-human level, the likelihood of conflict appearing is still there, but the likelihood of being harsh, putting harsh comments and escalating is much lower because they have already a relationship. And this is the gravity that I'm talking about, like in the atom and in the virtual teams. Then in the structure, communication provides space for people to share concerns proactively. In your team meeting, have a space for raising concerns. In this case, you will be able to handle the conflicts much earlier. And also encourage people to ask for help. Sometimes, uh, again, conflict appears because we are not asking for help. We are not offering help. We are struggling to, to get it done. Sometimes it's not our strength. So provide space for people to raise concerns and ask for help and also offer help. And then if your team is global and multicultural, uh, in terms of confrontational versus non-confrontational conflict style, different cultures vary a lot. The Asians, for example, if you confront their point of view, they take it personal. So here you need as a team to discuss and find your optimal position. On this scale, very confrontational, like in France and some countries, they raise people, they raise students from very early age, you know, to be confrontational, to go in a healthy debate and to get for the best option. Whereas in Asia, again, it is more respecting the individual, protecting the harmony. So debate as a team, find the optimal position on this scale, reflect what you can do as an individual to support this position if you are Asian and the team chooses to be more confrontational and what the leader can do in order to enable this position. So by having this dialogue, you create a lot of transparency. And then instead of you as a leader to impose the culture, you know, people will hold each other peer accountable. And then the third big tip is around the team culture, which is around the culture of recognition. By the way, I'm a father of five girls. No joke. One wife, one marriage, five girls. So and if there is one tip, you know, that I can give you to lead the, uh, a big remote team, and I see a similarity between, you know, a big family with six women and, and virtual team, this is praise, praise, praise. So enable this culture of recognition and praise. And this will like the antidote for protecting uh, from conflicts or having a healthy conflicts later on. And what to praise, you may wonder, if there is a result, praise the result. If there is no result yet, but there are behavior, people helping each other, asking, you know, raising concerns, you know, calling instead of emailing, praise the behavior. If there is no, neither result nor behavior, look harder. There is always anything to praise. And then the last tip is celebrate success. If the teams are local, it is more natural to celebrate success. The whole team or even groups may go for a beer or have a party. In the virtual remote teams, you have to do it consciously. You as a leader, you have to instigate it, invite people, find the right format. You could leverage on the strengths of some individuals who who like this team atmosphere to find the right place and time and so on, but celebrate success. This creates completely different feeling where the conflicts will be tackled much earlier on in a much more constructive manner. And uh, in the end, you will have a great result. So hope this was helpful. I wish you good luck on the journey of building your virtual power teams. There are many more tips in my newly published book uh, called Power Teams Beyond Borders, How to Work Remotely and Build Powerful Virtual Teams, published by Wiley. Um, So I wish you all the best uh, making your team and leading it to top performance. Virtual power hack from me, Peter Ivanov. Okay. Um, thank you for that. So um, I was enjoying the tips so much, and then um, it was. Uh, I, I wonder whether it finished a little too soon. So this was also ten minutes long, 
Sein Wenn du willst. Ja. Oh shit, okay, okay. <lacht> Okay. What I'd like to do is, can we think of a, a story that you could tell to highlight some of these tips? So, in your previous uh, projects, can you think of a time when there's been some conflict mm -hmm. and it's been resolved using one or some of those methods? Mm -hmm. I think I was thinking today, and that could be a best practice, always put a story in my uh, podcast. I'll try to do that. The only thing I can come now is I have a client, yeah, Let, let's do this story. It's a 1 billion euro project, so it's very impressive. Um, yeah, let's do that. So we'll we'll just add it. We'll record it and add it today. Exactly. We'll just snip this whole bit out the middle. Yes. Okay, so I'll mute myself. And, uh, and then if you could record the sign-off bit again. So when you tell the story, do the whole thank you for listening. You can find this in my book at etc. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the big virtual hugs bit, because that's good. I like that. Okay. Let me tell you a story which illustrates how uh, we handled um, conflict. It was um, a client of mine who is FMCG, fast-moving consumer, good, com good company. They had a, a 1 billion euro project. In fact, Chinese traders were buying their goods uh, in six countries in six markets being Australia, Germany, France, UK, and so on, and putting them on Alibaba. And they wanted uh, to have they, the Vice President of Business Development, as the general managers of these six countries to accumulate the volume and build and have a deal and let the Chinese GM do a deal with Alibaba so they could have some uh, discount on this huge volume. But nothing happened, in fact. It was not a conflict as such, but uh, uh, the general managers of this country, very busy people, uh, they somehow couldn't get together. Uh, so there was even the worst of conflict, there was uh, not enough engagement and not enough commitment to, to get this done. And when he put some pressure, then uh, the excuses started to come. And he wanted to have a workshop and to build a strong team culture um, and team vision so they could within 18 months finish this project. And what happened, uh, we had a one-day workshop in Amsterdam, you know, very busy people, very highly paid, so <laughs> strictly limited. Uh, and we focused on the team vision. And then we focused, as I mentioned, on this uh, scale. So we mentioned, uh, we introduced the three scales to define the team culture. First scale was the leadership scale. Co um, hierarchical versus non-hierarchical. Hierarchical is where there is a big distance between, you know, manager and employee. You ask for permission. You are not proactive. You're way to be told. So that will be the strictly hierarchical. Egalitarian, almost no difference between manager and employees. You act proactively. You are expected to challenge your manager and so on. So they, they've chosen one position, which was um, more, as you can imagine, on the egalitarian side. So both the Chinese work together. And when we, um, when we reach the project brief, so high-level definition, then we will choose another position, more on the hierarchical side. Now, this is the brief, go on and deliver, particularly for, for the Chinese people involved. So the second scale was decision-making. So it was consensus versus top-down. Top-down, the manager decides quick. Uh, and in countries like America, if you're not a quick decision-maker, you may be perceived as a weak leader. Whereas countries like Germany, you took a lot of time to make a decision. But when it is made, the American make a decision um, 
and uh, environment change, you change your mind and you frustrate the hell out of the German. So the debated heavily and took a position more on uh, conflict because they were out of 12 people project team, there were three Chinese and the rest was from all other countries you can imagine. Uh, you know, 12 people, 10 different, uh, nine different nationalities. So uh, we had uh, the conflict scale where they debated and regardless of the prevailing number of uh, Chinese people, they went for a more confrontational style. So they could really debate this uh, highly political project also on the supplier side and pick a, a, a culture there. And then they reflected for each of the scales, uh, what can I do in order to support this chosen by the team culture? And what kind of leader can do to support that? And by reflecting it, they kind of validated it themselves. So it was a, a rule that everybody committed to observe. And later on, if there was a breach, you know, they hold each other peer accountable. So it was not for the manager to do. And micromanagement in, in virtual team is not an option. Imposing is not an option. You cannot control the only way is bottom up, let them choose and then empower them and they would hold each other peer accountable. So thanks a lot for listening. Uh, hope these tips are helpful. Many more are available in my newly published book called Power Teams Beyond Borders how to work remotely and build powerful virtual teams. And I wish you good luck implementing those tips and building your virtual power teams and leading to top performance. So big virtual power hack from me, Peter Ivanov. Thank you for listening to this week's Virtual Power Teams podcast. Review and subscribe to get the latest episodes. And remember to pick up your copy of the book Power Teams Beyond Borders to create your own virtual power team. See you next week.